0: Investing should be easy. Hi guys, and welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, also author of Investing Should Be Easy. Today's show on June 12th, we're going to talk about a learning opportunity. We're going to talk about a learning segment on identifying... you. Identifying stocks, maybe that aren't in the news, maybe things that you want to keep an eye out for, that are having these dips because of the trade wars, the tariffs, the, um, the threat of tariffs against Mexico, against China. And when the stock market just goes down a 1,000 points in a week, there's opportunities. Because it, it, lately it's been bouncing right back um, once a deal is made. I think I said this on the show a week or two ago it was around... Trump, you can think whatever you want of him, but ultimately, he's going to figure something out with with Mexico, with China. He's just doing all these things. It's it's movements to get better trade leverage, but in the same token, he's not going to jeopardize his presidency next term. Um, just you know, things to think about before we jump into the learning education, um, which we're going to go through a stock screener, which I think could be really valuable. Um, and I'll kind of give some information on that and post it to the the page for how, how you're going to look for the information. Th- there's a couple stories I want to look at that um, I think back in March, February, I was on record of trying to predict this. And it seems to be following in that direction around Facebook. And then we had another IPO debut that I want to touch on just slightly and why it's so much different than Uber and Lyft. But before we get started, if you have any questions or comments, um, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. So show, the finances, the investments, all great topics. Um, Did want to share with you that. Um, you know, about a month ago, my wife and I did have our second child. He was born on May 15th. Everybody's doing well. He's healthy, happy. Thanks for the positive thoughts that have been sent across. Um, his name's Jace, J-A-C-E. And uh, it's when people ask me, how's he doing? Well, it's, it's like living with a child that's three weeks old, they they cry a lot, they want to be fed, they sleep a lot, they f- want to fall asleep on you, um, it's a cute stage, but it's also exhausting, and uh, wife is acting like a champ right now, and handling the um, all the overnight shifts, all of the um, stay at home, she's on maternity leave right now, and you know just trying to do what I can to help her out with as much as possible, but I think it's important to touch upon some of those things, because ultimately the show the book that i wrote they're they're and their vehicles to help you reach financial freedom to be able to you know go out and pay off your car loan faster to buy a boat to afford a house to do the things you wanted to do but maybe it wasn't so clear on how and why it's so important to to get started early to start investing really, really early. My last show, I talked about a 401k portfolio. You might say, well, what what exactly is a 401k portfolio? Well, if you have a regular job and you sign up for a 401k plan, most of the options, and I hope over the next 20 years that this changes a little bit, but over the next 20 years, the 401k options are really, really vanilla. They don't give you a lot of wiggle room to really screw up which is good because it's really stable. Um, It gives you mutual funds, which I'd rather have an ETF, but in the same vein, it's really stable. Your portfolio is not going to dip a whole lot. It's going to grow really steadily over time, and it's built that way on purpose because it's out to, you know, when you're working and you have working power to replace your working capital, if you buy something, if you take a loss, if you lose on a stock, whatever happens, you still have that working power, but... This was a replacement years ago to get rid of pension plans and get rid of um, companies having to foot the bill for employees um, that retired and how they're going to subsidize that retirement by bringing in new talent. But again, that's a 401k portfolio that I thought was an easy way to jump into things. I think I went through about three, maybe four positions that you literally could say, I'm going to invest 100 bucks a month. I'm going to allocate it across these four positions, and I'm going to do that over the next X amount of years. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to check it. And I'm going to wake up in five to ten years, and I'll be happy. You could literally do that without all the research and all the stuff that I go through, and it might be just as easy or beneficial um, in the long run. But again, why? What's the goal? The goal is to have... money to take your family places you want to go vacations um, buy that boat pay off your car early afford a house um, start looking at retirement or if you want to invest in a business or whatever you want to do with the extra capital people don't get rich off their salary they get they get wealthier when their money works for them while they're still working but again that was the 401k portfolio tonight we're going to go in a different angle and again if you have any questions comments Alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's Alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Two stories, both involving one of the largest companies in the entire world that I want to touch on real quick that were right in the headlines um, today, tomorrow today and yesterday, were both around Facebook. <clears throat> one of which is around antitrust lawsuits. This one I did not predict. This one is um, kind of interesting because basically the big warn is um, if Washington, and I think we can all realistically think there's going to be more legislation over the next 10 years against technology companies because of the data breaches, because of the um, ability to collect data at such a scale, and what are they doing with it? Um, how are they manipulating it? How are they selling it to third parties and protecting consumers? And Washington's going to take that angle. Anyways. The article is around U.S. regulars laying groundwork for potential antitrust um, investigations against Facebook, um, Google, Amazon, Apple, and how that's going to work out. Um, I mean, this is going to be a long drawn-out affair, but something to keep an eye on because as companies get bigger, the restrictions get more, um, especially in a space that hasn't been governed that strongly they're not going to be able to grow as much. They're going to have to turn their attention to you've got to comply with these laws. You've got to update your platform. You've got to spend a billion dollars to increase safety for users and put restrictions for employees so they don't have access to certain domains or certain things with more controls in place. And you're not going to have that unprecedented growth like there has been. Um, So so something to keep an eye on. The other one that really caught my eye was the one that we did predict on the show. This was around privacy, and specifically with Facebook and privacy, I had talked about and predicted and says we're going to reach a place where privacy is going to become a major concern for not only just Facebook but a lot of these companies, and they're going to have to invest much stronger um, resources, people into security, into cybersecurity, into privacy issue, privacy law, understanding that law. And as that gets beefed up, again, same thing with the antitrust laws, you're going to reach a point where you've got to focus your attention on protecting the company and kind of holding down the fort versus we can spend all the money on the growth and focus our attention there. It's going to eat up time, resource, and it's going to eat up um, a lot of their creativity, and I think that's going to be, over the long term, you're going to see less less years of 20% um, stock growth. So I think to date, if I just take a quick look, um, Facebook year to date, up around 20%, so pretty good. So far, we're only six months in the year, so 15 to 20% growth. And a a market capitalization of almost $500 billion is pretty impressive. We're going to reach a point where that's not going to be the norm. And it's going to be because some of these legalities, some of these logistics, some of the things of they're going to have to hire auditors to get in there, audit the company before the legislators walk in the door, before they pass new rules. They're going to have time to adjust. But just like the California Privacy Act is coming uh, next year. And I want to say first or second quarter, that's really going to define how they've got to share what exactly they do with consumer data. I know they're trying to get ahead of it now and they're spending time, money and effort and strategy there, but it's following up the European model that just passed last year as well. And as those things keep ramping up, it's going to cause an impact. So, again, something to keep an eye out for, um, you know, I'm not saying don't be long Facebook, don't buy it, don't do anything else. I think great company, $500 billion market cap, it'll be a trillion dollars probably in the next, um, uh, let's call it four to five years, at least doubling in, in size with the growth they have in some of the automation and the artificial intelligence they're undergoing, some of the other spheres they are trying to get into, but... Keep an idea. On, keep a keep an idea. Keep a lookout for some of this stuff because it will have a hampering impact, not only to them, but what does that mean? So if you have to spend more time on privacy and cybersecurity and restrictions, guess what benefits those other companies? So that's where I would start to think about where you can shift some portfolio. I have a good weighting into cybersecurity. I think it's something that's going to continue to grow and take up more space um, within companies' expenditures. And reason the third story before we jump into the learning segment is there was an IPO that came out um, today as CrowdStrike. And CrowdStrike is a company that provides endpoint data protection to stop data breaches and... The stock popped almost 80%. It closed around 70% for the day after the IPO priced at about $34. That's really interesting. Um, another one to keep your eye on for because of the cybersecurity kind of ties exactly into what we talked about from Facebook today. Um, on the financial side that I thought was really interesting, because they've already blown Uber and Lyft out of, the wire, out of the water. Uber and Lyft were not successful IPOs. Um you know, I personally got caught up in the Lyft IPO. It went up its first day, and then it kept going down, down, down. One of the things to know about IPOs that if you ever do get involved with in them is, I mean, I'll, I'll go into the piece that I misjudged it, was you have to hold the stock for at least 15 days regardless of whatever happens. So 15 days later, even if the stock keeps going down, you can't sell it. It's uh, There's some rules that are in there to protect um, the internal buyers, which you may or may not agree with, but those are the rules you have to play within their ballpark. I got caught up in the Lyft IPO because they were in a growth pattern. They were growing faster than Uber was. They're starting to take market share, but the piece that I missed, which I think is the most important piece to kind of come to realization, is they were using... A lot of money that they were raising to cover up severe market losses. Like they say, it came out saying things like, "We may never be profitable. We're gonna, you know, take a long strategy similar to like an Amazon model." But Amazon didn't debut like this. They were selling a product. Lyft selling a service, and the service is in a. Um, It's a leader loss model that eventually with time can scale if they get more market volume and they can change um, some price elasticity, which means they, instead of charging $19 for the lift, they can charge $21 and people are still going to buy it within that certain um, elasticity or range. Again, something that I got wrong, um, you know, fully willing to admit it, and how I move on is just being – it's hard because I – IPOs come out and they don't have track records and you've kind of got to go off what they are submitting within their IPO um, paperwork to the SEC. But those are the things to kind of hit up on the beginning of the show. And the learning segment I wanted to hit on was it's related exactly to how the stock market's behaving today um, all the way back through September when extreme volatility is the new norm. Every time there are discussions or tweets, uh, coming from Trump's desk around tariffs or, um, what China's doing is trying to right the ship. Every time that happens, stock market just dives and there's nothing wrong with the companies, the fundamentals that a majority of the stock market and they'll dip as much as 10%. I remember in the show last month, we talked about, um, I, I called it Christmas in May companies were down like 10%, and you could have just jumped on it. You could have understood how to – a name that you really like, and, like, nothing really happened. Their business model didn't change. Nothing else really went on to tell me something else, um, make me that concerned. And so I want to get into pieces that you can use. Um, a strategy I like to use sometimes is what I call a stock screener. And there's many different sites that do this. One of the ones that I like a lot because, um, A, it's free, B, it's really easy to use, and C, it provides really, really good content along with analyst recommendations all in one uh, platform. The site's called finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. And on the top left corner, there's a little button that says Screener. Um, Just go ahead and click that button. And I developed a screen before um, we started the show. And all in all, I've got um, seven different uh, filters put on the screen right now. I'm going to go through what they are and why I chose them. And again, this could be really good for finding ideas either within specific industries, across industries, across the entire market. And you're saying, well, I'm looking for a company that maybe is undervalued, that maybe has had a dip from its um, either fifty day moving average and a fifty day moving average could be um, let's say the stock is trading around ten dollars just for ease of use ease of use um, over consistently over a fifty day stretch like that's the moving average is ten dollars well if there's a tweet that comes out around tariffs and all of a sudden it's trading at eight dollars, guess what it's down twenty percent from its moving average. you can literally put that in there and come up with, Do I want large-cap or mid-cap stocks? Um, What are you looking for? Those are all relative, which you can just build it. So I'm going to talk through what I built because I think it plays um, in this sector. And then also start to talk about some of the ideas that I'm seeing in here, the ones that I uh, think about, gravitate towards. And one of the biggest um, things to always think about or kind of a principle to live on is – If you don't know what the company does, don't invest into it. How do they make money? What does their business model look like? Is it something that you can understand, get behind, or is it super, super complicated where you don't really know? That's a really important component. So I built a screen, again, with seven filters. The first one is descriptive, which is just... um, Again, these are all categories. Fundamental gets more into ratios. Technical is moving averages because it thinks about um, charts. And then Descriptive gets into um, the type of company it is, the industry, the market capitalization. Um, There's a lot of different options in here. So what it is, I wanted companies that are under 200 billion, which is a really big range and countries in the United States. And the reason why I picked countries in the United States is because the SEC rules for reporting are much stricter and much more reliable than other exchanges around the world. So that's what I started with. And then I went over to Fundamental. So added two, again, large, under large cap, under under 200 billion USA companies. Excuse me. Uh, the kids thing again. So um, the fundamental, I went into price to earnings and forward price to earnings, and I just wanted profitable companies, so not a lot of not a lot of thought into that. and then a peg ratio, which is um, price to earnings growth over one. current ratio over one, which means their current assets um, exceed their current liabilities. And the ratio is at least 1.0 is your baseline. Um, I want at least one over one. The last one that I picked was ties exactly into the piece that I was talking about below. And there's a lot of different items here, so I'm gonna change the one that I've got because I think it'll help with the conversation right here. And I'm gonna put 50-day. Percent below the moving average that shrunk those seven filters across the entire stock market Just shrunk my list down to 33 names, which is really really good Um, the things that jump out to me right in here that I Didn't know before and there's things in here that I'm like I wouldn't touch that um, regardless so Industries that I have no interest in being anywhere near are um, apparel stores and the services sector. So American Eagles pops up on the list. Um, Guess pops up on the list. And again, my screen gave me 30% below the 50-day moving average. And those two right there I wouldn't even touch at all. There's an interesting name in here, um, iRobot. That one I'm really interested in because the stock... Itself. I'm going to go flip over to the um, investment side. That's a stock I really um, – I've followed before. I've had in my portfolio. I follow the robotics por- um, ETF, and it's one of those names that as we as consumers um, look for more convenience in our lives, and we do tasks that don't need to be done by humans, such as um, vacuum on the floor, um, dusting, uh, things – just things that can be automated uh, from a system. So i iRobot, um, for example, was trading around one hundred and thirty dollars a share. Um, for some reason, in April, I'm guessing it was because of earnings, got really, really hit hard and went from trading at about one hundred twenty-eight, one hundred thirty dollars a share down to ninety-eight, down to eighty-nine dollars a share. That is really interesting to me. So that's something that um, I would really like to look into, um, got an article right here. Again, this just started with a screen. I didn't even know this about iRobot. Then I'm clicking article and I'm understanding right now. I just clicked on article right now to understand why did the stock decline? First earnings, earnings shares slowing first quarter earnings showed slow sales growth. So again, just what I kind of predicted. It was due to the earnings miss. Nothing else against the company. Just they see slower earnings on the horizon. It could be. It could be prompted by a number of different uh, pieces of the puzzle. But that's kind of how a stock screener works. Again, use it to find ideas, and then look for companies that you understand what they do. What we believe in. I'm gonna go to page two real quick just for just to see if there's anything over here, anything that catches my eye. I'm gonna change my 50-day moving average to 20% or more below. That gave me 142 names, so it really opened up the scope um, of companies that may have not gotten hit as hard um, as a company like iRobot, but it puts it on my radar, it's something that I want to keep into my thought process as I look at that against other companies and understand what their future projections look like. Just, again, something to keep an eye, eye on um, going forward. So I'm I just kind of scanning as well on the 20% declines. Um, there's not a lot of things on here that I'm really seeing off the top of my head that I know the company, so this would require me to do more research, understand more about these companies. It would give me a great opportunity to get smarter, think about it, but again, this is stuff that I like to do. If if you don't like to do these things, then just go with some of the, the recommendations that I got or go with the 401k portfolio because that's a lot easier. But again, today's um, main topic here was the learning segment. How do you take another tool, another strategy, put it in there? I, I literally took me less than 10, 15 minutes. Again, I know where to click and whatnot, but... I'm in Finviz, I'm clicking on a screener, I'm putting together a quick screen, and then I'm looking through some companies to find out where are some opportunities between when the stock market just barrels down for not a lot of reasons, and if I change that 20% to 10%, guess what happens then? 142 goes to 393, almost uh, more than doubles in size, uh, almost triples, so to speak. And that's really interesting, so it gives me a really good understanding if I want to change the industry to get rid of, um, let's say, those apparel companies. If I went into industry, literally I could just click in the industries of anything else that I really, really want to research. So it gives you so much cool um, things at your fingertips, and it's all free. So that's what today's show is going to be on. Um, I do. I am curious to see if there's anything here and if it's a, is it a piece on cybersecurity. Um, nope. I'll have, to, I'll have to come back and figure out what that looks like in the future, in a future version. But hopefully that was helpful. Um, if you have any questions about today's show, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. And uh, see you guys in the next show. Come around, hopefully in seven days. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.